Brutally Speaking podcast is proudly sponsored by Rockabilia.com. For over 30 years, Rockabilia has been the go-to destination for all things band merch. With over 500,000 items in their online store and collaborations with today's hottest bands, you're sure to find something you love. Use our code BREW10 at checkout and take 10% off your total order. So go pick up your favorite new piece of merch now over at rockabilia.com. Now, on to the show. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Brutally Speaking Podcast. I am your host, John, and this episode's guest is the returning Sean Knight of Child Bites. This was something I've been trying to do for a little while now. Uh, I think that always sort of is the case when it comes to people I've had on the show previously and and wanting to have them back on. But uh, Sean and the Child Bite boys have gone through so much uh, since the last time I, I had them on. Uh, and it's just been an incredible thing. You know, there are sometimes, I can't remember if I've told this story on the podcast before, but I, I, if not here it is, but I feel so blessed and lucky to live here in Michigan and to just be surrounded by so many different types of artists, uh, whether it be in more of the um, music space and so forth. I mean, if you go all the way back to the beginning of the podcast, getting to have Christy and Sadie from Hip in Detroit on and what those two ladies have done to strengthen uh, the community aspect of, of Detroit and kind of bringing it to the forefront uh, for people and, and kind of doing the legwork of going and checking out new businesses, putting the shine on new businesses and kind of being the change that those two want to see in their own area. You know, I'm thinking of someone like Joe Gall, uh, a photographer that I've known for a very long time, but him starting off being a concert photographer and, and kind of very much like hip in Detroit, kind of creating this thing where it's supposed to make you feel like you're there if you weren't there and kind of give you the most, the most FOMO that you would have ever had looking at photos of concerts and, and parties and so forth. And just his everyday life and the way he chooses to see the city that he lives in, in a completely different view from a completely different vantage point than I feel anyone does. And I think that that even goes into some of the music that is created. You go to someone like Chad uh, Nicefield, formerly of Wilson, and what those guys were doing. And, you know, I can think back to even with Wilson going to Max Bar and seeing them open for a friend's band that was technically bigger at the time on the local scene. And I remember just thinking to myself, I was like, this band's really got something. And it wasn't the band that everyone would come to know you know, as, as the local scene kind of drag of trying to do more than just weekend warrior touring and so forth. And those who want to be committed to the lifestyle and so forth, the band found its way and ultimately found the, the five guys that made Wilson Wilson. But having seen them kind of at the ground floor of everything and just being like, if this band can not get in its own way, there's something magical about what these guys are doing. And I could see this going really big. So to see it happen, you know, years later was you know, kind of incredible. And Childbite is one of those same same bands for me where I feel like it's a band where maybe when you listen to it on record, you might be like, uh, I don't I don't dig this. And it really is the live show. And and I think that's the other thing sometimes to me about some of the bands from here, or at least some of the bands 
when you go see them. Because ironically, today, as I was listening to music at work, I went back and revisited a local band that uh, I was into at the time, uh, this band called Camilla. And I ended up living with uh, the guitar player uh, when I first moved out here to Grand Rapids. And it was a thing when listening back to the song, songs, I should say, that it took me right back to to being, you know, just out of high school coming up to see this band and, and seeing this band just kill it and and just being like, I can't believe there's a band this good locally. Um, and they were, by all accounts, on the verge of, of breaking and, and being like a signed band. Like they got every fucking opportunity uh, that a local band could get getting signed to, you know, Budweiser and Jägermeister thing sponsorships and getting all these big opportunities to open for all the nationally touring tours coming through. And it just was a thing where they, they seemed like they were about to be there. And then just, you know, as luck would have it, um, some, some personal things happened and the band kind of had to change some members and, you know, they just never got back to where they were. And Childbite is one of those bands to me when I hear them that I just think it's, it's on the live show. The live show is what sells it. When I think of Wilson, the live show is what sold me. When I think of Camilla, the live show is what sold me. When I think of all the different bands that are local to here that have really done something for themselves, it's always the live show that really fucking sells it. And it, I don't know. It's just, it also creates sort of, it's not an us and then there's you. It's, it's all of us. This is, we're all hanging out. And if it, if it wasn't, wasn't for this show, us playing, we would be out in the crowd drinking with you and hanging out. And it was a sense of community, I guess, or like a, a giant artist collective for lack of a better term. And Childbite has always been that to me. And it, it's something that's, uh, I mean, it's just, it's four guys and it's always been four guys as far as I, since I've been seeing the band, but it's always this thing where it just feels like guys who are comfortable in who they are, know what they want. And they're just, and they don't pretend to be anything other than they are. And they make music that is fun for them. You can see that they're having fun playing it. And there's just a lot of joy when you see a band that kind of can let loose like that, like Sean, the other Sean, and the and Jeremy, and the, I forget the drummer's name now, the new drummer, but basically it's it's one of those things, like I remember getting to, bu- uh, to book the band back in the day, like probably 10 or 12 years ago or something like that, at least. I think it was when I first started dating my now wife, so that would have been about 13 years ago. And it was just a thing where I remember feeling like, oh my God, I got child bite. I got to fucking book them. And they weren't, they weren't, big and I hate to say it like that they just they weren't quote unquote a big deal but they were a big deal to me it was a big deal for me to book them and to get to know all the guys over the course of that time since then has been really cool and to kind of I guess showcase them in a different side you know when I booked shows my whole thing was I want to showcase bands I want to showcase people and artists that I think are really cool and should have more eyes and ears on them and I realized as I do this podcast too I guess that's essentially it's an extension of that I just want to have cool people on. I want to showcase my friends. I want to showcase people who are doing cool shit that I think is cool. And maybe you'll fuck with it. Maybe you won't. I don't know. But to me, to see where Sean and everyone has has taken Child Bite, it's been fucking incredible. Um, it's It couldn't have happened to a more deserving group of guys. And they are just so lovely and so nice. Uh, and without further ado, let's get into my conversation with the nice Sean Knight. Hey, 
job was remote and did not have fucking internet and I would just tether and it worked it, and I never and I would just, for streaming movies and shit we would just hook the like a little adapter to the TV and stream that way and it, it's just as long as you have like unlimited or whatever yeah we webs. do thankfully but yeah. it's like <laughs> I was googling because it kept giving me like an error code and then I would like Thank look you. it up and <laughs> it was a stupid thing of well did you unplug it <laughs> I'm like really that's your- that's your solution. <laughs> Unplug it. Cool. But 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 did it work or no? No, <laughs> no, it hasn't. Oh, great. Um, <laughs> so I'll have to I'll have to fuck with it later. But um, yeah, that's working. I mean, what you got going? Yeah, I mean, fuck it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, pretty much. Um, so this, is, I mean, unlike the last time where I kind of had more like defined questions I wanted to ask you, this is more just kind of a casual conversation anymore because it's I think it's more fun that way personally. Yeah, let's do and it. Then, I mean, how many more times can you be asked, oh, so how did you get the name Child Bite? <laughs> I know, right? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, fair enough, fair enough, but yeah. It's, uh, I don't know, it's like a dog bite, but scarier somehow. I don't know. Possibly. I feel like dogs' mouths are a lot cleaner than children's mouths, I would assume. Right? I mean, do, do, you, ever, do you ever see an old movie, uh, I think it was like late 70s or maybe 80, uh, called The Brood? Yeah, this movie. Yeah, The Brood by, uh, um, oh my God, I'm fucking blank. Oh, Cronenberg. Not Carpenter. Cronenberg. Not yeah, not like Cronenberg. Yeah. Yep. yep. And uh, yeah, and there's like that. Yeah, the the woman would kind of like manifest if she had somebody she was angry with, she would manifest a, a some sort of creepy child to go attack them, and they definitely left a bite marks. So maybe it was from watching that movie too many times. I don't fucking know at this point. <laughs> <laughs> well, I feel like at this point, I mean, God, the tenure of the band is is like I was trying to think the other day because I, I had to rearrange my office. So I moved the poster from when you guys did that mini tour that I had booked you on. Um, and I was trying to think of how long ago that was. And I think it was in the beginning of my wife and I dating. So it had to have been about 10 or 11, 12, 13 years ago at this point, yeah. um, which seems crazy to think that I know you guys existed even before that. So it's like, I mean, you guys been putting putz- around for quite a while at this point yeah yeah it started in uh kind of the fall of 2005 so it's been yeah. been yeah, about close to 18 you know 18 and something years now yeah. does it feel like that to you at this point it do- that seems very long but um kind of i mean just like anything like that, like it's like sort of does and sort of doesn't. I mean, on one hand, it doesn't feel like it's been that long, but it also, if I think back to those days, it's like that was a totally different era of my life, and um, and we sounded totally different. And it was just, I mean, it was it started with me and a couple other guys who were in the band for maybe three, four years, which at the time felt like a long time, but now in hindsight, was a somewhat of a blip, you know. Um, uh, wild. Well, like what, what kind of gets interesting to me and something I've prosed to other people who have kind of experienced this. And I figure, you know, you could speak to this, maybe having gone through this a few times, do you feel having, you know, I think sometimes when people talk about lineup changes, it almost has this negative connotation of like, there's something wrong with someone in the band or the people that are still there. And I kind of almost like to look at it sort of like maybe it's what allows a band to stay around for 
10, 15, 20 years because you kind of get reinvigorated by new blood and new experiences and new getting those firsts kind of again with people. And I kind of wanted, yeah. wanted to pick your brain about how you feel like that has maybe added to the longevity of child bite. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Um, at the beginning of the band, there was definitely more uh, different views on what the sound should be. And so it turned out to be this like Venn diagram, you know, of like what the band sounded like as the mix of all those, which I guess to some degree is what all bands are. But this one, it seemed like, like there was, for instance, in the early days, our drummer Danny did not like heavy music at all. And mm. he was not into that. So anytime one of us would introduce something that was somewhat heavy sounding like a riff or whatever then he would do whatever he could on drums to counteract it to to make it some sort of strange weird mix which we were okay with we're like oh yeah we're gonna be this weird band that like has like unlikely combinations of elements and da 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 and that's and that's all good um but yeah as far as, far as like you were saying like reliving and uh adding some you know kind of rejuvenating uh element to the band yeah for sure man there was Later on, in you know, there we had the era of the band when we really started touring a lot. I guess I would have been fucking around like 2015, 16, 17, 18, somewhere in there where we were just doing back to back stuff on the road more than we weren't. And at the end of all of that, we burned out a couple guys. You know, we had we had two guys, half the band <laughs> quit at, on the same phone call just because they just got burned out. And and so then being able to bring in new people at that point was very you know it was it was like a breath of fresh air in a way not obviously we missed the other guys and we wish that wouldn't have happened but by the same token you don't want somebody to stick around if they don't if they're done if they like don't want to be there Absolutely. and we're and we're a smaller band we're not it's not like it's it was like their livelihood or something it's something we're doing for the joy of doing and for the just for the expression of the art and the way that we want to supposedly be spending our lives in our free time and whatever doing this shit. So if somebody's at a point where that's not fun anymore, then no, I've never had any hard feelings about somebody wanting to, you know, saying that, Hey, I, 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 that's it for me. And, uh, yeah. So then having new people come in, then it's like, Ooh, every time we were doing something, it's like, Oh, it's, we're kind of seeing it through their eyes. You know, it's almost like having a kid or something, you know, having Jeremy join the band. He's not, He's not that young, but he's, he's 10 years younger than me. And so, like, a lot of stuff we were doing when he joined the band in, whatever, 2017, I think it was, it, it did very much feel that way. It felt like, oh, like, oh I'm, I'm more excited about stuff now because I'm not as jaded because I'm looking at it through his eyes. And, and for what it's worth, also, yeah, the creativity, you know, is that you bring in new people. They have totally different styles and ideas and shit. So then it's like, oh, shit, this is going to definitely make the next batch of tunes unique you know have its own flavor compared to you know just anything with new ingredients so um it's cool i mean not everybody can be you know the beatles or macabre <laughs> <laughs> maybe those are those the two main ones <laughs> well and even ringo maybe wasn't even an original member so maybe only macabre macabre is the only band ever to have all original members but no i know there's others but <laughs> That's when it always comes to mind that those guys have been playing brutal murder metal for the past like 35 years and it's all three of the same dudes. It's wild. And so, and, and it's not, but it's not without struggles too, man. I, last time I don't think, I mean, it was in public, so I don't feel like I'm you know, <laughs> being gossipy, but like the last time I saw them is when we played with them in Detroit with acid, Witch. but, uh, but child played the show as well. 
and I was standing side stage and and two of the guys were not getting along at all. It was it was kind of like, oh, oh. I mean, they still ruled. It was still awesome. But just like have one guy, you know, somebody, I think it was Corporal, uh, that turned turn around and like looking at Dennis and Menace and being like, you fucked that up or whatever. Just like, you know, quit fucking up. And just like, holy shit, man. 35 in, <laughs> years in and they're, but, but they're still doing it. They're still going for it, man. It's, it's awesome. Well, brothers, <laughs> brother, brothers are going to fight, you know, siblings. At that point, you're like family. So it's, yeah, it's, you're going to have, you're getting on each other's nerves. Well, I was going to say that's something I've kind of been thinking a lot more about as I get older, you know, approaching 40 this year. And it's mm-hmm. a thing where, you know, thinking about just relationships and how do they, how do they work? And like, where do you fit into different relationships and being aware of that? And to me, it's like, you know, I think, you know, and I, I don't mean to speak out of turn on this, but it's like, I feel like the perception is that, you know, your it's, you know, child bite is your brainchild. You're kind of the creative force behind it. And so it, when I kind of think about the longevity of the band, the different iterations of the band and you yourself maybe having to find yourself, am I the instrumentalist at this point? Am I the guitar player? Am I playing keys? Am I doing this? Am I a vocalist? Like, you know, you wear many hats even within what you do in the band. And it just kind of has made me wonder, have you thought about how the dynamic of you in the band has changed over these years and how it's changed you as a person moving forward? Yeah, for sure, dude. It's always been a very collaborative band. So, and I, I've learned. There's times in my creative endeavors that I've had more of an iron grip on things, and I found that it's typically, I think maybe I'm speaking now with like from a more mature uh, place with hindsight and everything, but typically it was it would be to the detriment of whatever the project was, and I found that. I'm, I am pretty good at finding good collaborator collaborators and, mm-hmm. uh, and recognizing like, Oh, it would be awesome to have like, whatever. Now I'm explaining what a fucking collaborator is. Sorry. But, uh, <laughs> you know, like whatever, finding the right people and become being a Molly matchmaker in some say sense. And, uh, and just relinquishing some of that stuff being like, Hey, just be okay with the fact that like, I'm not the best at everything. I know that, but I can, I can have an idea or at least even a general direction. And if I get the right people that think the right way or have the right talents involved, it might turn into something pretty freaking cool. So, and that, so the, the more I've done collaborative projects, which job it is, but it's changed over, over the years, the, the just, it, it tends to be the best. It tends to be the best, like the more interesting, fully fleshed out, like, uh, whatever piece of creative expression. So, you know, yeah, I do a bunch of stuff, uh, in the band, but it's always been musically. I've always just been one of the collaborators instrumentally wise. And even now, like I haven't played guitar in the band in like 10 years, but I'll still contribute songs to the, you know, the demo process, uh, grab a guitar sometimes when we're working on stuff just because not because I think it's any better than what Jeremy's going to do or Sean or anybody we've worked with in the past. But I do know that I've got some sort of weird <laughs> semi-broken slanted or, you know, creative, whatever thing to contribute there. I, I, I come up with a guitar riff in a different way than they do. So right. in a sense, just even keep a little bit of the musical continuity to the band I try to still 
throw some stuff into the mix. Um, but nowadays, honestly, nowadays for Child Bite, most of the new riff ideas have been coming from Jeremy, the guitarist. Uh, the last batch of songs we wrote, it was they were all his demos. It would just then come to Sean and I, and then we would kind of like go in and be like, ooh, what if we do this? What if we tweak that? What if we switch this out for something? But they all started with him. So, and even artistically, I'm trying, that was something I always had an iron grip on. And, but not always to the, you know, it'd be whatever, it would turn out the way it would turn out. But like, for instance, we're doing a, uh, anniversary edition of one of our older records coming up here and I uh, hired a, a painter to do a totally different cover for it. And I'm still going to do the layout. I just, I did some typography for it and, you know, I gave him some direction, you know, it's my job, my day job is being an art director. So <laughs> right. I, I do that in, in my off hours too, with the, the more creative uh, pursuits and, you know, gave him some direction, but also know that when you hire the right person for the job, you don't have to give them too much direction. You know, sometimes right. that can be to the detriment and they feel like you're puppeteering them or something. So I gave him a little bit like, here's the kind of the color scheme I'm thinking, but take that, you know, with a, with a grain of salt or, you know, feel free to explore. Here's kind of the subject matter, but just I mean, give me a general idea. But like, but you, you also don't want to tell people too much because they sometimes come up with the coolest shit on their own, you know, and you never would have got, that if you went in and said hey here's exactly what i want don't deviate don't think too much just do what i tell you uh so it's 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 a bit of a balance i think but yeah i don't know collaborating is is the way to go everything i've done so you know in my later years that has been more collaborative has always turned out to be the best star at least in my eyes i feel like i can bring what i can bring to the table and pair it with what they do best and it just ends up being the best of everybody. So, um, yeah, but sometimes it takes a while to get there, you know, to figure that out and not be like, Oh, I've got my ideas and I don't want anybody to tell me no. So <laughs> like, it took, it took, I had to learn that lesson, you know, like the hard, I have to learn everything the hard way. So it was just yet another life lesson. Well, I think something that, you know, as I've gotten older and, you know, I kind of maybe attribute this more to, therapy brain of kind of dissecting something a little bit differently and, and not maybe making a haste decision. But, you know, I have found that there's something kind of more exciting and fun and, and the, the outcomes are a lot better when you, A, admit that you don't know everything and just ask questions and let things kind yep. of happen to, to trust someone who you're probably coming to that is a better informed expert, whatever the term you want to use for that, that person in the situation. Yeah. But then on top of that, it's also like, if I don't know something and I ask you, it's, that's how I learn. And I think a yeah. lot of times when we're young, I'll say for myself that it's just like, you feel like, well, I, this, this seems like how it should go. So like, this is it. And like, I know, and you're, you're speaking like an authoritarian authoritative person on the matter when really you should just like ask questions <laughs> and, and have someone explain to you more. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. No, nobody wants to look dumb. Nobody likes the feeling that feeling. <laughs> And so then you end up pretending like you know shit that you don't, and then you look even fucking stupider. So, but yeah, that's, I think it just, I think that's super, uh, that's a very natural thing and, and hopefully you learn it sooner than later. And so I've been slowly getting there. You know. <laughs> um, oh. 
something I kind of wanted to, to ask you about, because this is something obviously you are about to do here in Grand Rapids in, in about a month-ish, uh, but mm-hmm. you've already done. And I talked to young uh, Matt from King Parrot when they were kind of taking over your spot on the last uh, Pantera can, run. But, I don't know if you can see my hat, man. King I can. Yeah. Yes. Um, but it's a thing where, you know, I haven't, like I said, last time we talked, it was really kind of the focus was Berserker Fest. Um, and that was sort of the impetus of what we were discussing. And I kind of want to get back to that in a little bit. So I'll put a pin there, but you know, I, I had kind of asked Matt and I'll, I'll preface this to you now because something, and I don't mean this to sound like a backhand compliment, but to me, part of the allure of seeing you guys is that like, you're right there. Like you're kind of right with whoever the crowd is that's in front of you. Those are kind of the shows you typically play. And you as a front man are kind of more apt to be wild and get out in the crowd and, and kind of engage with the crowd itself. How have you found it to translate what child bite is to an arena level where there's, you know, 10, 15 feet between you and the next front person in the, in the front row and translating what you're doing to a crowd that big. Um, yeah, I mean, there is that separation. So that's, that's unique. You know, we don't play a lot of big shows. These are, those were clearly the biggest shows we've ever played. And so it's gonna be more of that. Um, it's, it's more of uh, just get up there and execute you know, type of thing. Cause there's not like, we, we, we got a 25 minute set, you know? And so we're just like, you know, we're, and we, Turn we've got the, we've got their crew. Yeah. We've got their crew right there. We've got the stage manager probably looking at his fucking stopwatch, you know, make sure we don't go <laughs> over. Cause so they can, so they, uh, so everybody, the handle, everybody can get our shit out of the way and move on, get Lamb of God on ASAP. Uh, so it's, there's not a lot of, it's definitely trying to not have too much, time to think too much time in between songs any of that um it's yeah i mean i like having people right there but it's it's like oh no here we are let's do it you know you're just like it, it didn't it, it's the translation has been fine um i think it was may have been the, one of the last shows we did on that last run i did get down and get out there and and uh touch flesh and, uh, and, and ride the people until they <laughs> drop me onto the floor. But, uh, so I'm going to try to do that a little bit more this time. I think I was nervous about like breaking an ankle and fucking up the rest of the shows, but at this point we've done it. So, Hey, whatever, uh, whatever happens, happens. Um, so I think I'll, I'll try and get out there a little bit more. That is, that's another good thing about not having to have a guitar hanging around my neck is I can have the freedom to do that if I so choose but it's trickier. It's trickier. I gotta get down off that stage and like, jump. It's like a. It's pretty much like a moat I have to cross um, with no drawbridge. So uh, we'll see. I'm gonna, I'm gonna. I'm gonna do my best to get out there a little bit more. This is gonna be a little different. I don't really know exactly how different it'll be, but like the difference between um, these, like, the, it was like amphitheater kind of thing, and now these sheds are gonna be arenas. Like yeah. yeah, it was the sheds, and now these are gonna be arenas. Um, I imagine that situation, you know, with the, the, you know, the security guardrail and everything will probably be about the same. Well, it's, it's been cool. I mean, one thing I'll say is that we didn't know how it was going to go with these shows. Like back in the day, at least in the nineties, bands would get booed just for not being the headliner. (laughs) You know, we didn't know if that was going to happen. We didn't know because our band is a little eccentric or whatever, maybe for like somebody with more pedestrian tastes or whatever would not translate 
for the most uh, didn't nothing negative happened. There were people were attentive and every single show there'd be obviously it wouldn't be packed yet because people are still probably in the parking lot chugging strows and <laughs> listening to I'm broken or something. But uh yeah. But uh but there was always people heavy there, metal there parking was always, lot in real life. <laughs> yeah. There, maybe not so much this time because maybe they'll come in earlier because it's gonna be so freaking cold out in February. Uh especially in Winnipeg, you know, or Green Bay or Grand Rapids. Um, we'll see how it goes. It'll be interesting. Um, but people were receptive. People were cool. And there was always at least like two rows of people right at the front. And that's, and so those people, they are there. They, they're, they most like, maybe they checked out a song or two of us beforehand, but they are, they're, they're like those young, hungry people that are there, for the show they want to get their money's worth they're excited and so if for nothing else we're playing for those people the people that showed up early that are came right up front and they're want to check it out they're ready they're like they're basically waiting for us to deliver and okay not so now do we do it or not so yeah we go as hard as possible and a little side note to that is it's a lot easy to easier to go extra hard when you only have a 25 minute set than if you have a set that's twice as long or longer. So we can kind of burn through the fuel even faster, you know, in a, in a little hot 25-minute run. So that's, that's a good thing. Was there much uh, consideration for what kind of a set do you play for a, a, a crowd that's going to be, you know, Pantera, Lamb of God fans? Yeah, a little bit, a little bit for sure. Cause we've been around for so long. Obviously we're not going way back to the, to the early days with the, you know, the joystick and the keyboards and, and me yelping in a register that it, my throat won't even do anymore. But which I guess is sort of the same, sort of the same with Phil. He's not really, he's, you know, he, they're not even doing cemetery gates. Like, ah, like really high shit. Um, right. But, uh, you know, we're all getting older and, um, but yeah, so definitely, <laughs> definitely some thoughts, you know, cause we have, we have a lot of material and, 25 minutes is not a lot of time. So, you know, what do we squeeze in? What makes the cut? You know, it's definitely like a look at all the songs we played in the last few years. What, what should we do? And, uh, and, but we've, we have gotten to a point where we don't, we, I think we used to think more about like, Oh, we should do stuff that's representative of the recent record because that's what we're promoting or blah, 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 blah. blah. Nah, at this point we, it's like, dude, let's just play the best songs. Let's just play whatever is best or whatever we think will, you know, work the best and that we feel the best about. So on this, uh, on these Pantera tours, uh, we're playing a couple songs we play aren't even out yet. They're just, Hmm. you know, but we're, we're stoked on them. We're not, we're not out there trying to promote a record. We're just like, (laughs) want to be our best version of us or whatever, you know, possible. So if that means some new songs that aren't even out yet, oh, that's fine. We're, we're only switching out one song for this next run. Um, and we're going to do a little bit of a different intro. But other than that, it's going to be the same thing. We're going to different places, different cities. So, you know, it ain't broke. We already, it's, it's, we're going to be even tighter at it because we've just been going through all that. So at the moment, we're just, all we do is get together a couple times a week and just run through the set. It's like training, you know, training for a fight or something. <laughs> we're just like, and we want to make sure we're, quick you know because we can't we can't have time for like oh wait what song's next and nothing is right. no room for that so yeah. we're just running running the set over over and over and over 
so that when we get up there, in case there were going to be some nerves or anything, like it's all just muscle memory. Right. Well, I think, you know, something you were just saying about playing new songs, like I feel like that's, and I, and I haven't quite figured out if it's because we live in a day and age now where if you have any sort of a following that if you play something new and it's not completely finished yet, or, you know, you're kind of still working on things that it'll be online and that'll kind of become the, the benchmark of like, well, this is what the song is. And it's like, no. And I kind of miss the, the, when bands would be like, we're excited about this new song. We're going to play yeah. it because like, we're still kind of figuring it out. And you can kind of in real time see like, oh, maybe that part we're doing five times should be dropped down to three because it just the, the energy it drives it makes it realize like, right. And I feel like, you know, there's just kind of this sense of like it, it's fun and exciting when you kind of get to see a band play out new material that's not even out anywhere because you feel like you're kind of in on like a little secret. It's like, oh, I can't wait for this song to come out. And and yeah. I t- typically feel like the bands themselves, it's what they're most excited about because it's what they're creating currently. Yeah, totally, man. Yeah, you're part of the process because they're kind of road testing it. And depending on your reaction, even might be like, <laughs> you know, like, oh, we should do the three instead of five or whatever. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah, uh, for us, I don't know. I mean, I think maybe part of it was just like at the time we had been writing those songs. We did, we have recorded them, but they're just they're not part of a release plan at all at the moment. Um, and I think it was just like that we felt really tight about them, you know, or felt tight playing them. So we're like, hey, yeah, like you said, we're the most excited about these. We feel really good playing them. There were songs obviously written with our current drummer. So we're like, hey, that's cool. Let's play a couple because he's relatively, you know, he's only been in the band like a year and a half maybe. And um, so let's, uh, you know, let him have some, you know, some ownership of it when I play some of those songs. So it's, uh, yeah, it's been, it's been good. And, and it really, yeah, it doesn't matter if people like we have that luxury of not there's there's not you know, the, some people know who our band is, but it's not like there's expectations. So uh, we don't really have to worry about like, oh, man, people are going to be bummed if we don't play blah, blah or whatever. Uh, so we just do whatever, whatever feels best. And and it'll probably translate, you know. It was kind of reminded me too of like when I used to come see bands uh, around, like coming from Kalamazoo and coming up here to Grand Rapids, yeah, uh, and seeing different bands playing, and you know they'd be like you, you would know a song, and it wasn't like you would buy the CD. You're like, oh man, that one song was so fucking good, and you get the CD, the only thing they have, and you're like, well, this isn't where Where's that song? Oh, it's not out yet. <laughs> and you're just like, yeah, that sucks. I really want, I really want to hear that song. And now I have no way to do such. <laughs> right. But then maybe eventually you did. And then it was kind of that inside thing. We're like, you're telling your buddy, Oh man, I saw him play this thing fucking three years ago. And then it just, now it's on this one or whatever. And then it's, or like the verses changed and stuff like that. Like lyrically yeah. or whatever. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. I mean, I, I quite possibly will go back to these ones that we've recorded and I might redo the vocals because maybe, maybe I'm, it's, maybe it's evolved at this point now that a year later from when I originally laid them down, maybe I'm going to be like, oh, fuck, I do it a little different now. So redo them. Kind of, you know, I kind of put a pin on this thought, but I kind of wanted to talk about, you know, the festival that you were doing for a little bit. Yeah. What, what kind of made it, what kind of made you, decide to end that chapter of you know the festival because it seemed like right 
when you stopped it is kind of when it felt like it was kind of starting to swell and become this this bigger thing like that a lot of people were looking forward to every year and the quality and quantity of bands was starting to become a lot bigger um why why end it the quality to an extent yes quantity not so much um it was getting smaller as far as the number of days and really i mean a lot of it just to be perfectly honest comes down to financial stuff it's mm. you know i mean it's a lot of time to put into something which i didn't mind it was never a money thing i never was getting a, a cent from from berserker if anything i was, I was losing that's fine but um but once it you know started out being pretty most like 90 something percent local bands the first year and then the second year we uh actually macabre was supposed to play the first year bringing them up again but then uh <laughs> dennis dennis's mom was in the hospital and they had to, the bail so then uh acid which fluffed out their set with some misfits covers and, and uh and took over the headlining spot um but but we had ringworm i think on that one i think ringworm and aids no ringworm and wolf eyes were the the main headliners that first year but then the next year then we had like iron reagan and incantation and poison idea we flew poison idea out for their first show in the area in however many couple decades at least and um yeah, and it was getting bigger, and then yeah, third year we had Boyvod headline at the Masonic Temple, and had Conan from England and all, a bunch of cool shit. And then, but yeah, and then it built up. The fourth year, by the time we got to the fourth year, we were like, all right, we're gonna have, we're getting bigger with the bands, so we have to scale down a little bit. Otherwise, you know, so the the fourth year was when we had made it two nights. We always would have a kick night kickoff as well, but two main nights, one being Guar, the I think it was Guar, the obsessed and weed eater. Yeah, that one great. of the nights, and then and then I hate God and off a negative approach on the other night, and uh, and at the Crowfoot, and it was awesome, man. I mean, that, that was I don't know how, how we could beat that. That said, <laughs> though, like for what it's worth, ticket sales weren't that great. I don't, it's not because we made it really expensive. It was, it was not expensive. I don't know. I, I kind of attribute it to uh, a little bit to like, uh, I think people more nowadays to some extent are kind of like, aren't, aren't always as festival friendly. They, they kind of, sometimes they look at it as like, oh, it's 50 bucks to see these 30 bands, but I only care about three of them. So I'll just save my money and wait till the next time that the ones I see come through, which I don't know. I mean, I, I can, I'm speculating. I don't know if that's like the, the, the mindset of some people because otherwise everybody that did come to it, the people that did come, I don't, I'm not trying to discount the fucking and be all negative and discount the people that, that did come and support the festival. Many of which came every year. They, everybody that would come to it always had glowing reviews, always loved it. Always loved the three stage uh, rotating schedule the variety of the bands within this, you know, heavy to weird kind of genres, blah, blah, blah. Um, all the bands that played always had great things to say about it and really enjoyed it. And they would make their way out and watch other bands play. And enjoy. Betty got a phone call. If I had to guess. Okay. You back? Get a phone call. Mm, I don't know, but I think we're back. Yep, we're good. 
<laughs> All right, cool. <laughs> yep, um, good. But yes, like you said, the fifth year was probably the most successful in that sense. I don't think we made our money back with a. Uh, I don't think we made our I don't know why I'm getting all into the fucking micro back behind the scenes details, but I don't think we made enough in ticket sales that last year, but we did at the bar. <laughs> Luckily, yeah. people come into a metal show, a big long metal show with 15 bands like to drink. And so we, the bar did amazing that night. So that actually made it. So I don't, I don't believe we lost any money that last year. It was a one night only thing. We had, well, there was the kickoff, but then there was the one night main event and that was with, and Salmo and the illegals that, that, that was right when they, he started even dipping his toes back into some Pantera songs. I think they played one or two that night, maybe. Um, and, and then who else do we have? We had negative approach. We had macabre just to bring them up again. Um, it was great. I had battle cross, had King Parrot to bring them up again. Yeah. Uh, it was shock narcotics first show ever. That was a cool, fun thing to do. I bought a dime, Dean and gave it away just to try to get people to show up on time. Like, Hey, there's a free raffle at the beginning <laughs> of the night show up. Cause I wanted people to be there in time for shocks first show. Cause we played at like six o'clock. Um, it was great. I don't know, man. It was, uh, I know I'm giving you a longer answer than you were probably hoping for, oh. but it was, it was a really great experience. It was awesome going through all of that for five years straight. Um, it just, you know, you have, you have people financially backing something that, is not exactly be, being a full return on their investment. That makes it hard to convince them. I possibly could have convinced them to, you know, my, the people at the Crowfoot to help me out again. Cause I'm not in a position to be like paying out tens of thousands of dollars to bands. Um, right. uh, but that, and I, I kind of didn't want to put them in that position to do another one, if it was going to possibly be, you know, they probably would have maybe out of loyalty, but I don't know if I, I was kind of like, maybe we just take a break. If it comes back naturally at some point, that's cool. I could have, I bet I, I bet if it was going to keep going, they would have, we would have had some sort of situation where we we're trying to like, Hey, we should probably change the kinds of bands we're getting. Cause I was like, there were other people involved. My, my, uh, wife at the time veronica was heavily involved with the festival she had a say in the bands the venue had somewhat of a say a, the bulk of it i believe were ones was kind of me coming up with my little dream mixtape you know type right. of thing which was a big uh reason why i wanted to do it and if that was going to go away possibly and we're like oh we can get this kind of emo screamo whatever this fuck thing that i is just not fair i'm not saying it's shitty it's just right. not my cup of tea but if, right. like, if we're starting to book bands that are not really my thing then 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 it kind of takes away part of the joy for me for for a uh, for what is essentially a very intensive free passion project so it's kind of the reality of it and then like uh, so we stopped and then like a year or so after that the pandemic happened uh you know, people brought up, like, is Berserker coming back? I'm like, mm, probably not. But that said, <laughs> I might, I mean, I'm not putting uh, down the idea of possibly doing something like it in the future. And there actually is a, something that's not the same, but I might be involved with something coming up that's like sort of a festival type thing that I'd be helping out with. I wouldn't be the main person, but helping out with. So 
I'm not opposed to doing more of that kind of stuff in the future. It's just so big, so expensive, so much time, so many moving parts, so many risks that it's, uh, yeah. <laughs> and then you lose them again for a minute. You're back. All right. It may have been my batteries going a little low, but I still got 10%. We're, we're good for a few. Yeah. Well, no, it was just like, it's, it's interesting. Cause like when I had talked to you initially, I think that's when I, cause obviously if I was doing the podcast and I had stopped booking shows at that point and yeah. sort of for the same reasons as you kind of brought up, like there's sort of the financial thing where sometimes you, you, what you think is going to be a slam dunk and you're like, Oh, this, this money at this ticket price on this day should be a slam dunk. We should easily With make these that bands. Money. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. And then you are, have walk into that ATM doing a walk of shame, kind of having to pull out your own money to, to make up yeah. the, the other part of the guarantee that you didn't have. And yep. you know, it's, it's, it's a crap shoot and it's a thing where, you know, I still get people who are like, Hey man, like, can you book this or can you do this? And I'm like, I've been out of that game for like a decade plus at this point. Like I, <laughs> right. I can, I don't even know what the context I have at these places are still good. Um, right. But it's a thing where it's like, it's such a, I hate to say it like this. And I know when I say this, you will understand a hundred percent, but it's like, it's such a thankless job, but it's the one that gets all the shit for like all the bands. If they're unhappy, they're unhappy with you. Even if it has yeah. nothing to do with you. Like every, everyone who wants to complain, you are the face of what the compl the complaint department essentially. And you're just like, yeah. like, you know, I think a big one for me was, you know, dealing with local bands that had such an ego about them. And you're like, why am I dealing with this band who has done and had a career, still has a career bigger than you probably ever will. And they are less demanding yeah. than yeah. you who is coming 15 minutes from your house to play a yeah, venue. Yeah. Like insane. It, it's just insane to see yeah. some of those things. And I think the other side of it too, which gets interesting is like when you start dealing with contracts and guarantees and stuff like that, like, you know, famously one of my favorite ones is when I was trying to bring naughty by nature to the pyramid scheme. Mm. And the money they wanted was just astronomical. And when I was like, well, can we play around with the money? Can we do a back end deal? Like I was trying to make it work. And even the venue was like, if you can get this, we'll help you as much as we can, even if we have to float part of the guarantee or something for you. Um, and it became this thing where when I was talking to the booking agent, you know, he was like, well, if we, this is roughly the as low as amount of time we can go for this amount of money. And I remember being like, dude, people would be pissed if they had to spend. And I think the the ticket price I was looking at to make it work would have been about twenty eight thirty two dollars uh, to to make it work. And I was like, people would be pissed if they paid that amount of money and they only played for twenty five fucking minutes. Like, no fucking way. Right, right, um, right. And then the dude was just like, well. Uh, and then I was like, by the way, like I had just seen them play like on a monster, like an all stars hip hop tour at uh, Pine DTE Pine Knob, whatever. And I was like, by the way, is that the set I'm paying for? And they go, yeah. And I go, they only played three of their own fucking songs. The rest is like covers. And I was like, can I get more songs then for more money? And they're like, well, you're what we call a niche fan. And I was like, a fan of the group is a niche fan. Like if I want more than just the three songs everyone knows, I'm a niche fan. Like that fucking makes no sense to me. And yeah, it was just I wild. Mean, yeah. Yeah, that's that is wild, man. Yeah, they must they must be so far. I mean, obviously, it's been thirty something years, and they must just be used to being categorized as the one hit wonder, and and that's so. Yeah, so their actual fans are niche. So, yeah, yeah, man, that's that's wild. That's wild. I don't know, man. It's it's 
it's tough. It's a tough thing. Like you said, it's a thankless job for sure. And um, so I'm, I'm happy I've done what I did. I remember seeing a bit of a documentary about the MDF guys. And mm. and there was a, one of the years where they were doing it outside. And I think they had Venom playing. And they were running late. And if they went over by a minute, it was going to cost thousands of dollars and the police were there so they were on camera like looking at the camera from a roof watching down and they were saying the, the the organizers were saying to the documentary people like we're about to shut this down because we can't afford to go over and everybody that came to this our festival that we've just spent the past six months or whatever like organizing Promoting. and putting everything we have into are all gonna hate us everybody's gonna hate yep. us and they don't know why they don't know it's because the band took too long and now we're just dealing with the city time frame and blah, 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 blah. I don't know, man. But you know, I look at it like I went to 10 years ish ago, went to Orion fest that Metallica yeah. put on, 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 on Belle Isle. And Apparently it was that fucking shit lost off. money. <laughs> right. And, and, and that's, and that's, when, that's the example I give when I'm, or I think of when I'm like, don't, I don't beat myself up on it being like, dude, if Metallica <laughs> fucking tried to do it and they, and they failed or whatever failed like that's it's okay it's okay a lot of a lot of festivals stop <laughs> going yeah. you know uh, pretty much all of them do they, they only outlast mdf is one of the ones only one that's been going on in, at least american wise uh for for almost 20 years or whatever it's been so it's usually uh they stay you on know, and shit changes over time too so it's just it's a thankless very difficult uphill battle there's so many factors, so many things that go wrong, especially with weather. That was part of the that was part of the berserker thing too, is we were trying to put something on, put on an event in a time of year that not there's not a lot going on. So yeah, I think was, the, uh... so so the wintertime thing would bite us. Sometimes we'd have bands, not very often, but sometimes there'd be like a band that coming from Chicago that just like, sorry dudes, we're not gonna make it. It's a blizzard out here, you know, like things or or just like what I think kind of happened when we did it at the Masonic, because that was the coolest venue, the coolest setup, most unique. It was a part of the building that hadn't been used in a long, long time. So pretty much nobody had been in there. But yeah, it was uh, it was shitty weather out. It was really cold and stuff. And I think a lot of people that didn't have a ticket already were probably like, eh, I'm not going. And you have a bunch of people saying that. And then you have a, a, a light turnout and... It is what it is. So <clears throat> kind of one of the, the last questions I just kind of thought of, because I don't want to take up your whole battery and have you <laughs> not be able to finish. Um, yeah. You know, obviously getting to tour and doing some of these things and obviously doing house core, being on house core, you know, and working with some of the various bands, you know, doing your day job of, you know, graphic design and stuff like that. You've gotten to do yeah. some really cool projects. What has you know, we're in a new year. So what is maybe a collaboration you would like to see done with child Bite? like someone maybe doing something with the band and what is something you would like to see? Who would you like to collaborate with in a professional setting more on like the, the other side outs away from the band? Who would I like to collaborate with child bite? Hmm. Because like as a joke a real- on one of the posts, I made a I made a joke. It's like so Zach Wild's gonna throw a solo on like the new Child Bite stuff because you guys had, <laughs> you know your Jeremy and him had posted a video or photo together. So yeah, it's like yeah, just yeah, something yeah. like that where it's like you could theoretically that could happen now. That would be that would be cool, man. I mean, I was uh I did uh, I don't think this is I don't think I even told it really anybody this, but like during the pandemic, 
I was I worked on a trial bite song that never ended up going anywhere. But I, I and we didn't have a drummer at the time. And uh, I did uh, I did ask my my man Justin Pearson from uh, from uh, you know Locust and Dead Cross and and Retox and all that stuff. Um, I was like, dude, do you think because it, Dave Lombardo plays in Dead Cross? And I yep. was like, dude. Ain't, do you, what do you think the chances are of me hiring Dave Lombardo to do a song? And he and he basically he basically was like, I don't know, man. He's busy, and uh, just you should just find a drummer, man. <laughs> so he kind of blew it <laughs> off. I was like, okay, that's fine. I'm not expecting you to like give me his email or something, but like that was one. I mean, he's just like my favorite, you know, drummer. And the fact that now in 2024, at this point, he plays in like some of my favorite bands, like. Now he plays in Mr. Bungle and the Misfits and, you know, all this stuff, like obviously Slayer in the past and, and, and that Dead Cross stuff with, with Mike Bands. Awesome. So that was, that was one I had a while ago. I was like, oh, that would have been cool if I could have snagged Dave Lombardo. Um, <laughs> I don't know, man. You know, other than that, yeah, like, yeah, sure. Get Zach Wild on there. Why not, man? Uh, Jer- Jeremy and I actually just went and saw him. We ran into him. I know. On, I was on his, to on his way. Show, Zach Sabbath. Yeah, we ran into him yeah. like right on our way in. He was heading in too, so we went in together, and it was uh, it was nice to see him for a minute. And uh, and uh, yeah, obviously we're going to be seeing him again in a, a few weeks. So, um, you know, yeah, we've had Phil already. So you know, we did those. We did some anal cunt covers with Phil about ten years ago. We did a Celtic Frost song with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we've done some stuff with him already. So yeah, let's let's work our way through the list. Maybe we'll get a uh, Rex Brown to throw down. Some sort of bass intro or something. I don't know. Weirder things have happened. Yeah, Yeah, man. Maybe just a nice speaking voice. Maybe I'll just like. Maybe we'll have him do like a little spoken word or something. Like I will. Maybe we'll cover uh, cover Thriller and have him do the Vincent Price parts. (laughs) (laughs) I can totally see. I mean, not that there's not already a million covers of Thriller, but I think that would be an interesting take on uh, that part because. I bet there's none of them that has Rex Brown doing the Vincent Price farts. <laughs> I'm willing to bet on that. I'm willing to bet. Uh, and then for professionally, what are you? What is something mm. that you would like to to do? Professionally, a professional collaboration. I guess you're talking art, then, huh? Sure. Is that what you're kind of saying? Yeah, because I mean, like when you did like the layout. Uh, and I had like just had it on the tip of my tongue, but was it was a uh, some something vinyl like, and you ended up redoing the artwork for it and the layout for this like box set oh, thing. I remember. Yeah, I did. Well, I think you're talking about the super joint. I did uh, like yeah, a, that's Re- right. Revolver that mag Revolver magazine yep. did uh, new versions of the two records, and I did a different alternate take on it. That was that was fun. That was a it was a cool thing to do. Um, turned out really good. Um, I think, I hope. Um, yeah, an art I don't know, man. I mean, that kind of just going back to the music side of things. I did do um, during the pandemic. You know, did a, a collaboration with some guys uh, that's on YouTube right now. We did a cardiac song uh, called "Tart and Feather," where it was. Uh, I basically just had the idea of like doing a. You know, everybody was doing those like kind of video covers, collabs, and shit. And uh, and I was like, man, this cardiac song is incredible and i actually feel like i could you know i've got like a particular kind of voice so i feel like this actually kind of suits me i could do this and i kind of just went shot for the stars and it worked out again collaborating with uh 
Chewy from Voivod on guitar. Um, my man Dave Witty on mm. drums from Municipal Waste and a bunch of stuff. And uh, and uh, Dave got uh, Shane from Napalm Death to jump on from you know on bass. And then Shane got the bass player from Cardiacs to throw down on second bass. And uh, a, a bunch of dudes. Um, and it's uh, and I, that was that's one of my more proud things it's funny because it's just like a cover song so it is what it is but it was it was a very um uh fulfilling collaboration and i, I think i want to do some more some more music with some of those guys you know doing something i've talked with chewy uh, here and there over the years and and we've talked about doing something just got to kind of find time in our schedules and i think it, it could be kind of a, a just come up with some like really crazy music not worry about it going anywhere or anything just like what is the coolest weirdest most wild fun exciting thing we can do let's throw it down and uh you know and so i think i've got got a couple of those kinds of things that i'd like to to make happen and i I should probably make a new year's resolution to actually set some of those into motion I feel like the one band that I always would have, and maybe you haven't, I just have literally never come across it, especially if it was more of a live thing. I'm surprised that even, especially back in the day, I'm surprised you never did anything with the Armed, because that seems like a vehicle perfect for you to come in and do something with. Yeah, I mean, the Armed, we're we're buddies for sure, and we've played shows. I could show you, like, it's funny, there's like old Child Bite shows from like 10 or so years ago where the Armed was one of the opening bands, and our little boys have grown up and girl have grown up <laughs> and they're off doing their freaking thing. They had their own strange path uh, to the big stages and couldn't be more proud or excited for them. It's awesome. Um, yeah, um, I did. I actually played guitar uh, at a show with them. Just do. I hopped up and did some Andrew WK shows or songs mm. at a uh, at a small bar in town called the UFO Factory a few years back. And that was fun. We're 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 buddies, and they those guys they all they're in video production. They're we were very close to doing a music video for Child Bite with them at the helm, and uh, mm-hmm. I think just whatever lives whatever things it just didn't end up happening. But um, yeah, they're um, and then they did a movie uh, at the Masonic <laughs> Temple, and uh, which was like a basically like a a bunch of different music videos, kind of like live performance music videos, and uh. They hired the other Sean from Child Bite to help, hmm. uh, like basically, you know, bringing gear and loading stuff in and being there. And I joined him for a couple of days. I was like, I don't, I'm not even looking to get paid. I just want to kind of come help out and be around super creative people doing some really ambitious stuff. And if I can help out a little bit, you know, in some small way, like it's awesome. It's, I just want to, you know, be a part of stuff. So, yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah. Nothing. Nothing really a full-on collaboration, but hey, it's you know, it's I wouldn't I wouldn't put it past us. We could we could probably come up with something. This, I, I will say this. I don't know why I'm doing this. Um, <laughs> uh, my uh, the last Child Bite release was an EP with a split with a band called Multicult a couple years ago. Um, mm-hmm. It's our most recent songs. Three of them. A couple of them have music videos that people if you're into that kind of thing should check out on youtube one's a cartoon animated video called pass the glue uh and the other one is a more of a cinematic kind of apocalyptic tale i was gonna say is it the one with the in the like 
manhole thing with the guy living down yeah, there. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's okay. called that one's called Erect for Dystopia. And yeah. on those songs, the drummer from The Armed is the drummer for Child Bite. His name is U Ryan uh, from Vermont. And That's super right. rad had dude. A, had a Canadian and drummer. We're close to Canada. He was Vermont, but yeah, it's 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 touching and um uh in multiple ways. But um he and that was before I even knew he was gonna be playing in the armed. Literally I just knew him from his other band and he's uh he is basically the son of one of the guys from Death, the old like mm. proto punk Detroit yeah. band. So he's comes yeah. from that lineage, but he's living out in Vermont and uh and I just thought he was a badass drummer. I saw some video of him filling in for Converge. I was like, if he's good enough to fill in for Converge, then he's good enough for a Child Bite song. So he's so the, the most recent recorded Child Bite songs has the drummer from the arm. So I guess that that's that's the collab we have with them so far. But maybe there'll be more in the future. <laughs> I can see you guys doing a split and making it really weird or interesting. Yeah, yeah. I'll, t- I'll I'll hit up Tony as soon as we're done here and see what he says. Well, you should. Uh... It's funny because I that was a band that they were I think they were going to play the pyramid scheme or somewhere down here, and I was supposed to do a chat with somebody, and then yeah. I think like the show got canceled or something happened, and then just never happened, and then now they became mm. like a giant band, and there's too many walls in my way to uh, to get them because mm. if I'm not Spin Magazine or something, then you know <laughs> the people the people who control that uh, don't deem it worthy for them to do. Okay. So. Well, well, we'll see. I mean, I don't know. I could, <laughs> I could definitely see him playing a pyramid scheme. So I think in some form or another, that could still work. Yeah. Um, but on top, on that note, I will uh, let you go. Is there anything you would like to plug or anything you want to uh, talk about real quickly at the end here? Not really, man. Um, we're just yeah. All we've got at the moment is we're getting ready for these shows. So we got a uh, yeah. We're doing five of the upcoming uh, Pantera shows which are Lincoln, Nebraska, Winnipeg, Manitoba, Green Bay, Wisconsin, Grand Rapids, Michigan, and then a little venue called Madison Square Garden in New York City. Oh, you're City. doing the garden one? We are Shit. doing the garden. Everybody thought Child Bite would eventually play the garden, and it's finally happening. <laughs> Everybody knew it. Everybody called it from way back in the day. And uh, so, anyways, we're doing those five shows. It's going to be a lot of fun. If you're into Pantera, you'll probably already be there. If you're not into Pantera, then come see us next time. But we're going to be doing other shows in between. So maybe go on our socials because we posted. We're going to do like five warm-up shows and on our way to Lincoln. And then we're doing shows in between. So we're doing like Fargo on our own. We're doing Minneapolis. We're doing Chicago. Like like just our own like headlining shows. So um, yeah. So yeah, whatever. Go on like the Instagram or Facebook and, and you'll see that stuff and you know come check it out say hi and whatever have fun very much looking forward to it if i can secure tickets in time before they sell out uh to see you guys in grand rapids because uh very much like uh when i got to see every time i die i play van andel it's like that's a band that i never thought i'd see play venues of that size so it was for sure really kind of cool as as a longtime fan of them and Subsequently, you know, then knowing you guys more and having booked you guys in a little bit more of a personal rapport with all of you, it'll be kind of right. cool to to get there early and and see you guys play something that I honestly never would have imagined would have been in your your future. It makes no sense at all. It's from the the kindness <laughs> of Mister Phil and Samo's heart and his lovely wife Kate and Samo. Uh, 
yeah, taking care, taking care of their bands and trying to do cool stuff with cool people that they dig. And he loves our band. I don't like at first I thought it was like, oh, he's kind of like throwing us a bone or whatever. He he's legitimately one of our top five biggest fans. He stands at the side of the stage every night watches us after the show later in the night he gives us notes he's like oh and this one song blah 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 the one with that bluesy part that was kind of cool <laughs> and we're just like dude you don't even have it's it's it's, it's very <laughs> on a, that's very unexpected too that he he like but i think he just likes weird stuff the last thing he wants to hear yeah. is some band that sounds like pantera that like i right. have people that hit me up like hey can you can you send my groove metal bands demo to him i'm like just to be honest, he's just not even into that. That's what he did. It's like, so, but he likes much stranger music in general that he listens to for fun or whatever. So yeah. the fact that we kind of like merge various genres and throw some curveballs into it and have a unique voice is, uh, is exactly what he's into. And that's why he's taking us out just like he did back in the day. He would take out, I hate God, morbid angel, neurosis, oh crowbar a little band called anal cunt nobody would have thought anal cunt would be playing arenas <laughs> in the 90s it was because he liked it he was like he probably thought it was funny he was like yeah i want to get anal cunt up it is funny in front of you. <laughs> yeah it is and so it's it's just like that we're just like part of that like kind of tradition that he's been doing yeah. yeah part of that thing he's been doing the whole time so super grateful it's gonna be a lot of fun and we're just gonna go up there and do the best we can and just have a good time well, hopefully if you're, uh, I don't know, I sent you a text yesterday, but I don't know if it's the same number you used to have or not, but regardless, uh, if you're around, we can have a, a nice $12 beer together. Yes, definitely. Um, yeah, email me or, or DM or whatever if, if 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 that one didn't come through, so we'll talk. We'll make it happen. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, buddy. Enjoy the rest of your day. Stay warm. Right, you too. Thanks, man. <laughs> you too. Bye. Bye. So that was my conversation with Sean Knight, again, of Child Bites. Uh, if you would like to keep up with them, they are hitting the road here at the beginning of February on their uh, support tour of sorts, uh, supporting Lamb of God and Pantera. Uh, I'm very fortunate that they are actually playing here in Grand Rapids, uh, the second to last date uh, that they are doing that support tour. Although, I got to say, if I would have known they're playing Madison Square fucking Garden, I probably would have tried to do a, a lot of things <laughs> to uh, to go to that show. I might have even just asked the guys, can I just ride in the van with you <laughs> to to that show? I'll sling merch. I'll I don't know. I'll do something. Um, I've always wanted to see a show at Madison Square Garden. I feel like that's just uh, as a sports fan, as a fan of live music of different venues and so forth. It's just it, I mean, how can it not be? Uh, a bucket list venue for you. I mean, God damn. Um, and to see Child Bite, I mean, that's the other thing too. I think uh, as I was sort of saying earlier in the intro about, you know, just being really proud of a lot of the, the friends that I have that are very creative people and getting to enjoy their successes, even if it's from afar. I mean, getting to see something like that. I mean, the closest, I guess the two closest I've really seen would be you know, like I said, Patrick from Ice Nine getting to watch Ice Nine Kills climb the ranks of a touring band to literally the last time I saw him playing an arena, playing a stadium. Fuck that. Not even an arena, a stadium uh, opening for Metallica. And it's like I remember seeing them, you know, basically the second of four. I, I, I mean, I have seen them play a 400 cap room and not even be able to sell that out uh, way back in the day. And so it's a thing to me where. 
you know, these, I think we need to celebrate our friends' successes. I think we need to celebrate anyone in your life that is of importance. You need to help celebrate them, raise them up, make them feel good for what they do. And that's something I've really kind of come to realize a lot more uh, in my own life as I have really, really great friends that do the same to me. And uh, as I have said several times, uh, it's it's really hard for me to take compliments. It's really hard for me to um, to not feel like I should deflect and, and push that attention that that uh, I don't even accolades whatever it just it always is a thing where I know that someone else had a hand in part of it and therefore they should also seek recognition they should receive recognition and is a thing where you know for anyone who talks about like the podcast or whatever like the first thing I usually will say is well it's because I have a very supportive wife who doesn't mind me sitting back here and taking time away that I'm not spending with her to do the show week in and week out. And it's a lot of the sacrifices that she makes for the two of us and or allows me to make on behalf of the two of us. And so it's, I just don't know how to not be that way, but I can give it back. I can give it back to my friends. I can give all the compliments in the world. And and honestly, like I said, it's just, it's incredible to see your friends succeeding. It for me, at least, I, I, that's all I can speak to. It just really inspires me to want to do better, to achieve my goals, set bigger goals, and just keep going. And it's something, it's honestly something that, like I said, seeing what Childbite is doing, um, it may not seem like the band that should be there. I mean, something I actually didn't tell Sean, uh, there was, uh, and I don't give a fuck about naming names cause, uh, this dude's a dick. So, um, Danny, why, why the fuck can I remember his name now that I'm going to say it? <laughs> um, either way, there's this dude in a band, uh, Davy suicide. That's his name. Davy suicide. I remember, uh, when Pantera announced the support for, uh, their last like run of shows, the last touring they did before this Metallica stadium show, and kind of the same thing. Um, Phil basically invited a lot of the housecore bands out uh, to open for them, and was a thing where I remember Davey was like, "Can you spell buy on?" And I wanted to just, and I did comment because I a don't give a fuck, and b I just I'm not gonna let someone, someone else in the industry, honestly, that I, I ah, fucking you know I'm burning the bridge. I really don't give a fuck. <laughs> I don't usually do this, but I just don't care. But. Um, Basically, I commented because I know for a fact uh, people on the other side of the touring industry have told me that that dude has bought onto tours that they were looking at buying onto, and that's how he got on them. And so it was one of those things for for that fucking asshole to call out a band for being a buy-on band when he legitimately does do it. Fuck him. That's shitty. Um, Secondly, if you knew anything about Pantera, you knew that Phil was always supporting the underground scene and uh, to use a Jostaism, you know, he puts the ladder down for the other bands and, and tries to bring this underground scene up with him, with them. And so obviously with him having a label, that's what that's about. Obviously with him headlining these shows, why not bring out the bands that you signed to try to get, you know, bigger eyes on the thing. And it's a thing to me where I think it's awesome. Um, and it's a, it's a thing where, I, I can't imagine what that's like. I can't imagine playing for Pantera, being a Pantera fan. I don't know anyone pretty much who's into heavy music that doesn't at least like Pantera, at least a song. But that band is basically, in my eyes, picking back up in that sense of supporting the underground, 
by doing what they've always done. And so to have Childbite be a part of that, I think is fucking rad. And honestly, it just, it's so cool to see what Sean and those dudes do. They, like I said in the intro, they are just unapologetically themselves. They do music for themselves. The art they create, I think is fun. It's original. And I just, it's fun. And I love seeing those guys perform and I haven't in a while. And I'm very much looking forward to seeing them play in my local arena. Something I never thought I would ever see. I mean, there's literally a poster uh, that I got the screen printed poster from the show. I booked on the little tour they had done where they played a tiny bar here in my town. And now they are playing our fucking arena. Um, I will be there 7 PM sharp <laughs> and I will be seeing child bites and enjoying every second of it. Um, I've gotten to do that a few times for other bands that I've loved that are also of that ilk. Every time I die most famously playing that same arena, I got there hella early to see those dudes because that was never supposed to happen. They were never supposed to be playing in arenas. Um, so it's all inspiring. And basically, like I said, show love to those that mean something to you that deserve it. Um, so I want to thank Sean for taking the time. Um, it was really great getting to reconnect with him after a handful of years of just uh, not being able to do such uh, to that level. And like I said, I'm looking forward to seeing the guys in a couple of weeks mm -hmm. and getting to uh, hang out with the Seans and meet Jeremy and the new guys uh, and hopefully get a nice little bro down here in town. Um, if you would like to keep up with Childbite, you can do such at childbite.com. Uh, the website is a little bit outdated. doesn't have a lot of the current touring on there. It looks like it was kind of from the end of last year. Uh, if you want to keep up with their socials, though, you can go to Childbite Official on Facebook. Instagram and Twitter are at Childbite. I will warn you, though, the Instagram is the pretty much the only social media they use that is current. Uh, everything else is kind of outdated. Facebook as well, but uh, Twitter doesn't look like it's been updated since 2020. Um, but all that said, if you like keep up with Sean, you can find him at Sean Knight Triple Zero. Uh, keep up with his going ons with his art projects and just whatever else he's got going on. Uh, the dude is very busy and uh, again, kind of inspiring to see just how he makes time for the things that matter to him. Uh, something I, I take away when I see that uh, personally. And for the Brutally Speaking podcast, you can find us on all your major social media platforms at Bruce Speak Pod. If you would like to email me, you can do such at brutallyspeaking at gmail.com. And let's give a one more shout out to our sponsor, rockabilia.com. Head on over to rockabilia.com, redundant statement I know, and use our code brutally at checkout. Take 10% off your total purchase order. They are doing a ton of collabs. Holidays are coming. Valentine's Day is coming. Get your fucking man or chick some sweet merch. Save some money. You don't got to tell them that you save money. Just, just use my code. That's all I'm asking. Save you money on something you already want. That's a win-win. And for the Brutally Speaking Podcast, I am John. I will talk to you all next week where I am talking to people. Um, I have a few podcasts I'm doing. I will figure out which one I'm putting out. So you'll just have to stay tuned and come back next week. And until then, enjoy the rest of yours.